cracking, everybody. Welcome back to the What's Cracking podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Harrelson, and thanks so much for joining me here for this 25th episode of What's Cracking. Recording today on Wednesday, July 6th, 2016, and I hope everyone enjoyed the holiday weekend and had a happy 4th of July. More importantly, I hope everyone still has all fingers, toes, and other extremities. I'm hoping there weren't too many fireworks or explosives accidents out there. I'll tell you what, guys, with the advent of social media, the vines that you see of people shooting off fireworks in very dangerous situations, they're hilarious. They're funny as shit, but it also makes you realize that a great portion of the world is completely brain dead and should not be taken seriously. When you see dudes like Nick Young, a.k.a. Swaggy P from the Los Angeles Lakers, trying to shoot off mortars from his fucking hand and then having that shit, like, almost blow his ass up, like, dude, you make millions of dollars a year. Don't you remember what happened last year to Jason Pierre-Paul, the New York Giants, who blew off a fucking finger? And now you're out here in these streets just shooting off fucking rockets from your damn hand? Bro, you about to lose... A lot of money. I'm talking about six zeros if you fuck yourself up. And you're not good enough to play basketball with only, like, three fingers on one hand. Like, you're good, but you're not that good. So fucking chill out, bro. Let these let these morons out here, these people, you know, that ain't got shit going on for them, let them make these tragic mistakes, not you. Now all you are is some vine being looped fucking endlessly, and now you're going to have to talk to your bosses about it. So Nick Young, Swaggy P aside, hope all you guys had a great weekend. Speaking of Nick Young, we're going to get into some basketball stuff a little bit later. That's usually not the focus of this podcast, but there's some big shit to talk about this week, guys. I'm probably going to keep the podcast a little bit on the shorter side this week, guys. Uh, You might hear some interference behind me. That's because I have two separate fans blowing air on me at the moment because my air conditioning unit is out of my house and I have to have it replaced. So it's fucking hot here, guys. My wife and two kids had to stay at her mom's house last night because uh, it was like 91 degrees in the upstairs level of my home where most where the kids sleep and um, it was just an yeah unenjoyable experience so like yeah I've been dealing with some bullshit the last week La- uh, last week for about five days I was laid up with a bad back like when I say laid up I mean like I really couldn't do shit I mean I was able to record my podcast on Wednesday and hopefully I didn't sound too out of it but other than that, guys, I couldn't, like, go anywhere. I couldn't drive myself anywhere. Um, I was basically just stuck on the couch and in the bed, and it was fucked up. Uh, and then, like, after I started feeling a little bit better from that, all the 4th of July festivities started this weekend. So on, like, Saturday we had shit to do. On Sunday we had shit to do. Just running around all kinds of crazy. Like, we get back Sunday from seeing some fireworks, and I'll walk upstairs, and it's, like, 93 degrees upstairs in my house because the AC unit has gone out while we were gone. So we didn't have that Sunday night. The kids were sweating in bed. I had to put like both, put stationary fans in both of their rooms to blow on them. Same thing on Monday. On 4th of July, we were gone a good portion of the day. But when we came back, the fucking house was hot. So I had, to, you know, I had to put fans in their rooms. I had to pull my son's crib directly underneath his ceiling fan so it would blow air on him. He had a fucking miserable time. So I had the repairman come out yesterday and diagnosed it. And it's not good. Like We probably got to replace like the whole outside unit and maybe the indoor unit as well. And that's going to be expensive and take a, a few days to do. So the kids and wife have taken off to stay with her family for this week. Um, luckily, they have a lot of extra bedrooms and a house that's not on fucking fire, as our house is. So if you hear some like noise in the background, my apologies. I tried to shut it off when I was first recording, and it's just too hot. I just can't do it. So it's either podcast with that shit today or no podcast at all. But as I said just a minute ago, it's going to be a shorter podcast today for that reason. And because with the 4th of July holiday, I was with my bad back and being unable to go places and shit. I was unable to go pick up any comics last week, so I can't do a comic review. And I didn't go see any movies either, because I was doing family stuff when I was actually able to do stuff. So, you know, that takes a couple of our topics away right there. Don't really have to get into the comics, which I think last week I did like 15 or 20 minutes on. And, uh, damn, as far as TV, like, Game of Thrones is fucking over, uh, Silicon Valley is over, no big blockbuster movies coming out that I just had to go see, so, yeah, we're gonna kinda streamline things a little bit this week. So with that being said, we're gonna move right into the iTunes Movie of the Week. 
Now, you know I'm a fan of the digital films, and actually yesterday I sold a couple of Blu-rays to uh, the CD Warehouse in Kennesaw, Georgia. They are a used uh, Blu-ray, DVD, and CD store, and they sell some new stuff too, I think. But uh, yeah, now that I do all these, all the digital copies, if there are movies that um, I don't necessarily need to have the full disc of, I'm, I'm okay with just having the digital copy of it. I can buy it for fucking fifteen bucks, rip the uh, well, not rip, but get the um, get the digital copy off the Blu-ray, or I can even just rip Blu-rays now because I have a Blu-ray burner. But a digital copy is accessible through iTunes wherever you're at. A digital copy. Like, if you just rip it yourself, it has to stay on your computer or hard drive, and then you can transfer it onto your phone or whatever. But with the digital copy, you know, you can just stream it wherever you're online. Yeah, I, uh, I had some movies that were okay, but I didn't really fucking care to have them taking up space in my house anymore. So I took them on down to the fucking CD warehouse, trade those bitches in, get a couple of other Blu-rays on the cheap because they're used... Bring them home. If they've got the digital code for iTunes, great. If the digital code's already been used, I'll just rip it on my Blu-ray drive. So this week on iTunes, uh, actually this month is, is a good time to be a fan of iTunes. All month long, they are uh, holding a different $4.99 sale every single day, which is a which, that's pretty fucking solid. Uh, it's called Blockbuster July, and today's movie is Dances with Wolves for only $4.99. $4.99 for, like, 17 hours of movie, that's pretty good value, even if you don't like the fucking movie. It's a good return on your investment. They've already had some good movies. I think Skyfall was one of them, and uh, there were two others um, that have been the $4.99 movies of, of the day that I that I already had. So I haven't purchased any, but I'm, I'm sure I will be. Check that out. Every single day through the month of July, there's a different $4.99 movie on sale. But this week's actual sale category is under $10 in HD historical action. And so all these movies are HD. Uh, most of them have the iTunes bonus features, and they're all under 10 bucks. Most of them are $6.99 or $7.99. My choice for this week, because it's a fucking awesome film, and because of the holiday that we just celebrated, is The Patriot with Mel Gibson. What an awesome movie. I'm pretty sure this film is when I was introduced to Heath Ledger. I don't think I had seen his work prior to The Patriot. And I thought he was great in the movie, and I was really upset um, with the outcome, with what happened to his character. I don't know why I'm trying not to spoil The Patriot. The movie's fucking old. I'm sure everybody's seen it. But it was my introduction to him, and I really enjoyed Mel Gibson's uh, performance in The Patriot. And obviously, it's, uh, you know, it's a movie that... Americans tend to enjoy. So right now, that shit is only $7.99 in iTunes for full 1080p HD. Highly recommended. The Patriot is my movie of the week. But the other movies on here, we've got Three Kings, Spartacus, Full Metal Jacket, and Glorious Bastards, The Great Escape. I might be picking that one up. Apocalypse Now, Empire of the Sun with Little Boy Christian Bale, uh, fucking Defiance, Rescue Dawn. There are some good movies here, guys. Uh, one I'm intrigued about is The Emperor with Matthew Fox and Tommy Lee Jones, where uh, Tommy Lee Jones plays General Douglas MacArthur. I might pick that one up, too, but these movies run from Tuesday until Monday, so you have until next Monday if you want to check any of those out. So those are your iTunes movies of the week. There's not a lot going on with TV shows right now. I mean, a lot of the big ones are on their summer, you know, hiatus. I need to get down with Preacher. I haven't watched that one yet, and I've heard, like, good and bad things about it, but mostly good. Like, I've heard that it's at least worth my time to check out, even if it's not my favorite thing in the world. So I'll be giving Preacher a shot. Still haven't gotten down with Outcast yet. Obviously, that is the Robert Kirkman property on Cinemax. And uh, I have Cinemax, I just haven't watched it yet, so maybe I'll wait until the season's over and then just kind of binge it. That's kind of how I like to do things, if it's not a show that I'm concerned with being spoiled for me. Uh, so yeah, those, those are the things that I'll be probably doing on TV pretty shortly. There's a new HBO show starting up soon called Westworld that looks very intriguing. I think Anthony Hopkins is in it. And, uh, uh, I mean, Anthony Hopkins in a Western-type setting on HBO, like, that's literally all I need to know. I don't care anything about the story, the other actors, none of that matters. You put those three elements together, a network like HBO, Anthony fucking Hopkins, and a Western setting, man, sign me up. I'm bout it, bout it. Uh, if you bout say you bout I wrote with niggas that I'm out of
I mean we ride and ride, ride them niggas body body, bounce, 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 fool, if you body body, see my, it's body body, show them go, big some of that Master P for you guys to get this week going. Man, I am a big fan of Master P. I think I've said that before, but his album, Ghetto D, is the only album that was on my very first iPod and has since been on every iPod, iPhone, and iPad that I own. That's the shit, like, when I'm in a bad mood, like, when I'm feeling down about something and I just need something to perk me up to, like, make me happy again... I put on Master P, either the Ghetto D album, which I love to listen to straight through, or the best of Master P, because it's got some of his shit, you know, from the old albums that, that wasn't on that one, but, man, that shit just always puts a fucking smile on my face, I don't know why. I like the guy, like, Master P is a good dude, he's smart, like, highly intelligent, if you ever read interviews or, like, see him in an interview, uh, the guy knows what the fuck he's doing, he built his business from the ground up, so he wouldn't have to sell drugs anymore. He created a fucking empire, and he was in on the joke the whole time. Like he knew who he was. He he had no misconceptions that he was going to be considered a great lyricist one day, or that his name would be etched in time alongside the greatest rappers of all time. Like that's not what he was about. He was about creating and facilitating uh, an environment where. He and his people, his family, his uh, his friends from where he lived in in, in uh, New Orleans or Louisiana, I guess not New Orleans, but he created a, a business structure that would allow them to make legitimate money and not have to sling rocks anymore and shit. And he fucking did it, like at the height of No Limit Records. This is what a genius Master P is. Well, he owned No Limit Records. And while every other record label was cutting distribution deals where they got paid, like, by the albums that were sold, Master P struck an upfront deal with his distributor. They would pay No Limit $500,000 per album upfront. And then they would get, No Limit would also get a percentage of sales on top of that. So these motherfuckers were dropping albums every week. And they weren't good albums. I mean, some of them were. Like Masterpiece, Silk, Mystical. Uh, there's some shit that I like there. But, like, you talking about, like, Soldier Slim and stuff. And, like, Sons of Funk. Like, eh, I'm not so sure about all that. But they were in the studio putting out these albums with, like, low-budget CD cases. But that had different colors on them. Like, different backs. When every other CD back was, like... Just, you know, a CD case was just a black back with a fucking clear uh, lid on the front. And then, like, a sleeve insert... He was making hard plastic shells that went all the way around, but they were like orange, green, blue. Motherfuckers would see him in the store. It would stand out at him, first of all, and then they'd be like, yo, man, let's add this to the collection. We were getting Master P albums like a couple times a month. Not Master P, No Limit albums. A couple times a month when they came out. And he, he knew what was going on the whole time. He, he uh, man, Master P, an American fucking icon. And still doing it. At one time, he was the third... Richest man in hip-hop behind Dr. Dre and Jay-Z. Think about that shit. He had more money at one time than Michael Jordan did. Now, Michael Jordan has obviously since taken him over, but I'm talking about like the very late 90s, the early 2000s. He had more money than Michael Jordan, y'all. Salute, Master P. You know, at one time, Master P actually had a tryout with the Charlotte Hornets. Like, I think I remember him playing in, like, a preseason game or some shit. That was awesome. I used to have a Charlotte Hornets jersey. I had that Alonzo Mourning 33 jersey right when he came into the league, boy. He was my man. Like, I followed him his last year at Georgetown when he came out, like, with Shaq, and then Shaq got drafted number one by the Magic, and then Alonzo went to the Hornets. I was all about that man, dude. Alonzo was my fucking man. still like that guy. But, you know, while we're on the topic of basketball, let's talk about some of the uh, shit that went down this week. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. We 
obviously, the big story is Kevin Durant signing with the Golden State Warriors for two years and $54 million with a player option on that second year, meaning his contract says he's going to play one year for the Warriors, and then he gets to determine whether he's coming back for the second year or whether he's going to leave as a, as a free agent and sign with somebody else. So they can't control his second year. That's all on him. That's a good business move for you, sir. And I'm sick of the fucking haters raining shit down on this man for it. I mean, you got dudes that are IT workers in Idaho talking trash on Kevin Durant for not having loyalty, for not having a warrior attitude, for not being the guy to bring a championship to his city, for taking the easy way out. Let me ask y'all motherfuckers this. Y'all ain't never left your job for a better situation. You've never left a place that you worked and went to work somewhere that was better than the place that you worked, even in the same field. You've never gone to a competitor that had more resources to offer you to make you successful, and more importantly, to put more money in your bank account and more food on your table. These are, like... And I pose this question online, and people are like, it's different. He, he's a superstar in the NBA. He's not one of us. He is one of us. He's a person. Folks always want to segregate people. They want to classify them and put them in these different groups and say, oh, well, you're, you work at this place, so you need to behave a certain way. Oh, well, you are this. You vote this way in an election, so you need to behave a certain way. Oh, well, you're a part of this affected group, so here's what you need to do or say. Man, fuck all that, y'all. Kevin Garnett. I mean, I'm sorry, Kevin Garnett, goddammit. Well, some of this could go for Kevin Garnett, too, probably. But Kevin Durant was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics. He played one year in that city, and then they shipped the team to fucking Oklahoma City. So, number one, he's drafted by Seattle with no superstar to play with. It's just him. Up in Seattle, not exactly a basketball mecca. And then, but they had a history. Like, they had been to the playoffs. You know, the, the run with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. That was great basketball to watch in the 90s. That was a lot of fucking fun. The Sonics were a fucking great team. Then they moved to Oklahoma City, where this dude's got to live for eight years. Guys, I'm not talking down on Oklahoma City, but look. I've lived my whole life in Atlanta, which is by no means, like, it's not L.A., New York, or Chicago. Like, I definitely understand that. But it's also not Oklahoma City. Like, I'm not moving to Oklahoma City. I'm not living there. Like, that's not happening. There's no, what else is there to do? Like, I'm a sports fan, and there's no Major League Baseball. There's no Major League Football. There's no hockey. There's only basketball, which I guess is good from, you know, the perspective of getting people out to basketball games because they have, like, one big sports thing to cheer on. I mean, I guess they have college football, obviously, with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and shit. But, like, NBA basketball is their shit. But this guy, this man, a young African-American man with millions of dollars in his 20s living in Oklahoma City, and then he has the option to move to fucking the Bay Area? To Oakland, San Francisco? Are you kidding me? Take it, dude. Do that shit. I would do it. it but, you know, here's the thing. I say I would do it, and other people say I wouldn't do it. None of us know because none of us are in that situation. We're not being offered $54 million over two years to go play somewhere else. He left a team that he, he uh, led to the, the Western Conference Finals last year. The Oklahoma City Thunder were up three games to one on the Golden State Warriors. They couldn't close it out. The Warriors beat them, went on to lose to the Cavaliers in the finals. And then Kevin Garnett, I keep saying Kevin Garnett, what the fuck is my problem? And then Kevin Durant goes to sign with Golden State. Because he says, this looks like an opportunity for me to play with some superstars and win. And people are giving him shit about this. Oh, it's going to hurt your legacy. Motherfucker, what is your legacy? Dude, you repair TVs in Cobb County, Georgia. What is your legacy? Dude, you sell cars in North Carolina. What is your legacy? This man don't give a fuck what you think about his legacy. You, he, he wants to get that ring. He wants to have fun. He wants to live his fucking life, and he thinks he's found a situation where he might be able to do all three of those things better than he could in Oklahoma City. And people are going to give him shit for it. People are like, oh, 
Magic would have never left the Lakers for a competitor. Larry Bird would have never left the Celtics for a competitor. Michael Jordan would have never left the Bulls for a competitor. Here's the difference, guys. Free agency rules and the salary cap were a lot different in the fucking 80s and 90s than they are today. The NBA goes through collective bargaining agreements with the NBA Players Association. Every few years, they change some of the fucking infrastructure. So back when those dudes were playing, those superstars, you literally couldn't just leave your team until you had played at least seven years in the the NBA and fulfilled two contracts. Now, that's something that I was uh, alerted to by someone on Twitter this week. I was having a discussion with them. He was like, Jordan couldn't leave as a free agent uh, until after he had won his first fucking uh, championship in 91. And that's the first year he was eligible free agency. And I'm like, I don't think that's right. So I did some research and I came back at dude and I was like, nah, dude, that's wrong. He showed me I was wrong. He was like, here's why. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Instead of being like, man, fuck you. Like people are known to do on the internet these days. It's like, you know what? That makes perfect sense. I'm glad you showed that to me. So by the time Magic, Bird, Jordan, these dudes could have even become an unrestricted free agent where they can just go wherever they want and their team can't keep them, they had already won championships. So why the fuck would they go somewhere else? They had already established that championship culture in their cities. If West, if if Russell Westbrook had been enough to get Kevin Durant over the hump and win championships in Oklahoma City, if they already had a ring, you think this dude would leave? Why would he? What would he be chasing? If, I mean, he's, I mean, he still might leave for the fucking the the women, the fucking ocean, the community, all kinds of stuff that's available in the Golden State, uh, San Francisco area that's not available to him in Oklahoma City. So, dude, I'm just sick of all the hate. I'm sick of people, like, trying to talk down on this man for making a personal and business decision that doesn't affect any of them. So, let the man do his thing. Play on, play it. Go do your shit. There were a ton of big moves around the NBA this week, but also some made by my team, the Atlanta Hawks. So, uh, I'm going to give you my breakdown of what kind of week the Hawks have had so far. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Just like I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the hoop. My favorite play is the alley oop. I like the pick and roll. I like the give and go. Cause it's basketball of Mr. Curtis My Atlanta Hawks have also made some rather big moves this week. To start off free agency, I think on the fucking first day of free agency, they signed center Dwight Howard, who had previously been playing uh, for the Houston Rockets, and before that played a year in uh, Los Angeles with the Lakers, and before that played uh, with the Orlando Magic, who originally drafted his ass. And I could not be more excited about this move by the Hawks. This is actually a move that I have wanted the Hawks to make for quite a while. I love Al Horford. Now, okay, let me, let me kind of backtrack a little bit. Because the Hawks signed Dwight Howard, they were filled up at the center position. Al Horford, our previous center, was an unrestricted free agent. The Hawks tried to re-sign Horford, probably to put him to power forward while Dwight Howard played the center position, Al Horford ended up signing a four-year deal with Boston Celtics, so whatever. Uh, we don't need to worry about that dude anymore. Whatever. He's done. But I've always liked Al Horford. He was here for nine years. The Hawks drafted him, and he's a good player, and he's a good dude, but I always felt he was out of position playing center. I always wanted a big body, a rebounding defensive presence down there at the center position, and I wanted Al Horford to play off them at the four position, the power forward. Couple th- a couple reasons for this. He's not the biggest dude in the world. He doesn't jump incredibly high. And he doesn't, like, protect the rim. Like, he plays great help side defense, but he's not that dude who's who you're afraid to drive on because he's going to block all your shots. But he also has, like, a mid-range game. He's got a good jumper and stuff, so he can play away from the basket. There's no need, um, there's no need to have him stationed. Well, maybe not no need, but... Since he can play away from the basket, he often does, but I like a center who's going to be down by the, by the boards, getting rebounds, blocking shots and shit. So I've always wanted a guy to put in that position and move Horford over a spot, and Dwight Howard is always the dude that I wanted. 
Number one, he's an Atlanta guy. Like I, uh, I've liked the guy his whole career because he came out of high school in Atlanta and went straight to the NBA. But number two, he's a fucking beast. Like he was a three-time consecutive Defensive Player of the Year. Only person to ever do that. He's led the league in rebounding and block shots on multiple occasions. He's the only person to lead the league in three different categories. And uh, I think that was uh, shooting percentage, um, rebounds, and block shots. He's a fucking monster. Now, people look at his stats over the last few years and say, oh, he's not the player that he used to be. His stats have gone down. Let me tell you something about that, all right? In Orlando, he was the man. He was the number one option. And he had years where he averaged over 20 points a game. But when he went to L.A., he was playing second fiddle to Kobe, obviously. So the year he went to uh, L.A., his field goal attempts went from 7.7 a game, I'm sorry, 13.4 a game, down to 10.7. He lost three shots a game. So obviously you're going to lose some scoring off of that. But his rebounding numbers were still above 12 rebounds a game. That's fucking fantastic. He went to Houston, and his numbers declined each of the years he was there. So he started out at 11.3 field goals attempted. That's shots attempted per game. The next year it was 10.3. Then last season it was down to 8.5 because his boy Rich Harden, or James Harden, why did I say Rich Harden? He's a pitcher. Uh, James Harden took all the fucking shots. So Dwight Howard wasn't getting his touches. But he still, last year, set a career high in field goal percentage. He shot 62% from the fucking uh, from the floor. That's fantastic. And he averaged, let me see, uh, 11.8 rebounds. But that doesn't tell the whole story because his playing time has gone down in the last few years. The stats that I like to look at are your averages per 36 minutes. Last year, average per 36 minutes, 13.2 rebounds for Dwight Howard and 1.8 block shots, 15.4 points. Now we shift over to Al Horford. His rebounding numbers have declined for four straight seasons. Last year, his rebounds per 36 minutes, 8.2, compared to Dwight Howard, 13.2. That motherfucker is getting five more rebounds a game. Al Horford scoring 17.1 points per game per 36 minutes last season, but that is at a field goal shooting percentage of 5.05. Dwight Howard's shooting percentage last year per 36 minutes, 6.20, over 100 points higher. Block shots, Dwight Howard per 36 minutes, 1.8. Al Horford block shots per 36 minutes, 1.7. So this dude is better than Al Horford in all three categories, and we needed that shit. Uh, well, actually, Horford's got a little bit of an edge on him in scoring, but I think that's going to change when Howard gets more touches because he has he shoots a better percentage from the fucking floor. So Al Horford is making more money and has a longer contract than Dwight Howard. We had Dwight Howard for three years and like twenty four million a year, but Al Horford is signed for four years and a higher fucking contract. So a lot of people are bemoaning the fact that we have swapped these two guys. I think it's fucking brilliant. Great job, guys. Great job, Hawks. I would have liked to have kept Horford at the power forward position and either trade Paul Millsap because he can opt out of his contract next season or shift him to the small forward position. But as far as a swap from Horford to Dwight Howard, I am all on board. Plus, Howard is going to be motivated right now. Dude, I can't wait to see that guy play against Horford. When the Celtics come to town, I will be at that game. And I hope he throws Horford's fucking first shot like 20 rows out. Now, adding to my distaste of Al Horford is the fact that he tweeted that he was joining the Celtics, but he didn't say anything to Hawks fans for three days. However, the day that Horford signed with the Celtics, his dad is out in the media calling out Hawks fans, saying that his son, uh, you know, loved the Boston culture and didn't like, uh, you know, was displeased with Atlanta because, you know, sometimes in the second quarter people were still arriving to the game. Let me tell you guys something here. Boston has like 600 NBA titles, going back to, like, the Revolutionary War, okay? They've been running this shit since before this country was founded. You think they have a bit of a fan base that likes to show up to games, motherfucker? Al Horford, you bring one title to the Hawks, and watch what happens to that arena. You ain't done shit in that regard. Now, we did go to the Eastern Conference Finals, we did win 60 games, but we didn't do that shit in your first seven years here. We did it after our new coach 
coach Mike Budenholzer came here from the San Antonio Spurs. He turned around the culture on this team, bro. You are a good player. But to have your dad out there calling out the fans, motherfucker, you had, we had people at the games wearing your jerseys, calling your name out, like, cheering for you and shit, but then you go up and put up 14 rebounds in an entire series against the, against the Cavs in the playoffs. Dude, Dwight Howard will get 14 rebounds in a game. You need to go somewhere else calling out the fans. You need to do your fucking job. Not worry about that shit. You do what you're supposed to do, the fans will come. But when they see the same shit year after year, like Hawks overachieving during the fucking regular season and then getting swept out of the playoffs, man, fuck off, Al Horford. Go fuck off with your dumb self. Slash and rant. Got that shit out of my system. Oh, yeah. By the way, the Hawks also re-signed Kent Bazemore to a four-year, $70 million contract. A, that's a good deal. I'm glad he's back. B, his salary went up from like $2.5 million a year to $17.5 million a year. That is why our coach is our best asset, because look at what he's done with these players. In the last two years, we've had three Hawks free agents sign huge deals above what they're worth. With Damari Carroll going to the Toronto Raptors for like $20 million a year, Al Horford signing for an ungodly amount of money with the Celtics, and now Kent Bazemore coming back for $17 million a year. That's what coaching does for you. It makes players believe in themselves. It helps bring out the best in those players. It helps them develop their skills. And then they go on to be successful for that team or for somebody else. So, uh, you know, it sucks that we lost two of those three guys, but I'm, if we could have kept any one of them, I'm fucking glad it was Kent Bazemore. And he wanted to be here, too. He put out, like, this big thing thanking the Hawks fans and the organization and the city and saying how he wanted to be here. Last year when Damari Carroll left for the Raptors, he put out, like, a two-paragraph um, statement thanking the fans in the city. Three days after Al Horford's dad, Tito, was talking that bullshit about the fans, Al Horford tweets, like, a two-sentence thing, like, uh, I'm thankful for my time there and I appreciate the fans. Man, fuck you, Al Horford, man. And I'm getting even more heated than I was just talking about it. Man, fuck him. So anyway, moving into more lighthearted affair, comic books. I love comics. You love comics. Let's talk about comics. Sometimes I despair the world will never see another man like him. Hey, Bob, Soup had a strange job. Even though he could have smashed through any bank in the United States, well, he had the strength, but he would not. Folks said his family were all dead. The planet crumbled, but Superman he forced himself to carry on. Forget Krypton and keep going. What a fucking awesome song that is, Superman by Crash Test Dummies. That is off the uh, live at. Or no, 99X Live X for Humanity album. So 99X is a, well, was an Atlanta radio station, uh, an alternative rock radio station, and they used to put on, like, really good live concert series, and they, they had albums for many of them. So this is off the Crash Test Dummies album, and that shit was great. Uh, if you like that, I'm just going to play the whole song at the end of this podcast, so you can stick around and listen to it if you want, or if you don't, because I know a lot of people don't have access to this live album, so I'm just going to fucking put it on here. And, uh, you know, hopefully you like it, but, uh, I mean, I remember the day 99X came on air. It was, like, 1992, maybe? Um, and my favorite radio station in Atlanta was Power 99. What a great name for a radio station, especially in, like, the 80s and early 90s. And, uh, they played, you know, mostly, like, pop, you know, that normal 80s, like, pop rock that people like. And, um... Then one day, with no notice, I woke up and my my uh, clock radio was set to Power 99 or 99X. Nope, Power 99. I'm getting confused now. And I woke up, my alarm went off, and that shit came on, and it was like Nirvana or something. And I was like, "Well, what is this? Like, I've not heard this before." And it, man, like Power 99 is getting weird. And then I started listening more, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is completely different." 
And it had changed in the middle of the night. It had become an alternative rock station, and it blew the fuck up. 99X was huge. They used to do a Big Day Out concert series that was a lot of fun. Man, uh, yeah, 99X was some good shit. But anyway, stick around at the end of this podcast if you want to hear that whole song. But on to comics, where uh, we were headed before all that. Again, I didn't have the chance to go to the comic shop last week, but there was only one book that I was going to pick up, and that was Cryptocracy Number 1 by my friend Van Jensen, and I'll be getting that this week. But here's the other books that are on my pull list for this week, which I will be reading this week and discussing with you next week. We've got Aquaman Number 2, Batman Number 2, let's see... Ooh, Flintstones number one. That's not on my pull list, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick that up. That's by DC Comics, and I've heard good things about the other Hanna-Barbera uh, properties they've been doing lately, so I'll be checking that one out. Um, let's see. Justice League Rebirth number one. Definitely picking that up. Superman number two, and I think that's it. I'm pretty sure that's all I have on my list for this week. So, uh, Oh, no, Walking Dead number 156. Can't forget that one, so... Next week, I will be uh, discussing all of those with you, either in long form or very briefly, just giving you, like, my opinion on them. But that's what I'm reading this week, if you'd like to read along. Alrighty, guys, so we got some business items to discuss with you. First, and most importantly, I am very excited to announce that my company, Heroes on Hand Convention Services Agency, has welcomed a new client this week, and his name is Noel Guglielmi, a.k.a. Noel G. I'm sure most of, all of you know who this man is. Even if you don't know his name, like, you fucking know Noel. He was one of the Vatos in The Walking Dead Season 1. He was Hector in Fast and the Furious and Fast and Furious 7. He was Hector the Cook on Fresh Off the Boat, one of my favorite TV shows. I think he's been on seven episodes of that. Um, Dude, I don't even... He was in fucking Training Day. Uh, The Mentalist, Malibu's Most Wanted, Bruce Almighty, National Security. He's done CSI. He was in an episode of The X-Files. This guy has been in everything. Number one, super, super cool guy. Uh, I'm, I've been friends with him on Twitter for a little while now, so I just started talking business with him last week. I was like, hey, man, uh, I don't really see you appearing at a lot of conventions. Could I help you out with that? And he was like, yeah, man, I'd love to work with you. Uh, he's just a super dude, man. Um, he's down to earth. He takes care of his people, man. He, uh, he communicates with his fans. Uh, he does a lot of stuff in his community, a lot of stuff through the church. And I just, I really couldn't be more excited to work with Noel. His page will be up on Heroes on Hand either later today or tomorrow. I'm just somewhat hamstrung by the fact that my office where I do my work is blazing hot right now. It's where I'm currently sitting and also the reason I'm going to have to end this podcast pretty soon. But um, number one, it's hot as shit in here. Number two, I've got the AC Repairman. I already had one of them come out yesterday. I've got another one coming out today to check out the system. And then I've got two appointments scheduled for tomorrow. Because when you're talking about doing something this big, like... You kind of want to get some estimates, you know? I mean, if you can save a couple bucks, you know, by getting the same thing from somebody else, like, I mean, a couple thousand bucks, you know, you're going to do that. But this week is just all fucked up. But his stuff will be up on the page and on the Facebook page either today or tomorrow. Check him out on Twitter at Noel G. And, uh, yeah, again, I could not be more excited to welcome this guy to Heroes on Hand. I'm just fucking ecstatic. And, Noel, I'm stoked to work with you. I can't wait. Uh... As far as my own appearances, I will be at Infinity Con in Lake City, Florida. That is next weekend, July 16th and 17th, I believe, if my days are correct. And I'll be down there for both days, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I'm driving into town on Friday and driving home uh, the following Monday. So I'm going to be there all three days for a lot of good fun. And uh, had a blast last year. I can't wait to see you guys again this year. Also going to be there is George Perez, one of my favorite comic book artists. I saw him earlier this year at SC Comic Con in Greenville, South Carolina, and I got five comics signed by uh, Mr. Perez, and I will be getting more books signed by him at Infinity Con. That is, uh, again, next weekend. Mr. Perez will only be there on Sunday, so if you can only come one day, I'm just giving you that information that he'll only be there for that day. Um, so come hang out with us at InfinityCon. I'll be there with my buddy Michael Kosky and uh, Jeremy Palco 
from The Walking Dead, and uh, I think they're having a Battlestar Galactica reunion with Edward James Olmos, who we all, of course, uh, remember from his role as Jaime Escalante in Stand and Deliver, which we watched in my high school English class. That was great. Uh, Man, I'm excited for that. And then uh, after that, I will be at Charlotte Comic Con. Uh, That's coming up in like three weeks. It's only a one-day show. And then uh, over Labor Day weekend, I will be at Arc La Tex Comic Con in Texarkana, Texas. Had a blast there last year. Can't wait to go back. And uh, super excited to see all you guys. So come come hang out with us. Come see us. I would love to chat with you. And now it is time for one of my favorite segments of the show. I bring you this week's... Baller of the Week! Now I'm going to have to go back to basketball here, back to the NBA, because they have just been making it rain on motherfuckers this week, just throwing money around. And you know who is the biggest beneficiary, and therefore this week's Baller of the Week? Mike Conley of the Memphis Grizzlies, who signed a contract to return to the Grizzlies, five years, $153 million. Are you fucking kidding me. Mike Conley just got paid 30 mil a year and Tennessee is not like a high tax state. It doesn't cost a lot to live there. This dude is smart. He's a talented basketball player and the Grizzlies retained a hell of a guard and um I mean wow. Mike Conley um, let me just check out some stats here for you while, while we're talking about this guy. Now, he's a good player, and I really enjoyed watching him in the playoffs, and I'm sure some of that uh, notoriety that he gained for himself is what helped him gain this contract. But look, let, let's look at these numbers, okay? Last year, he's played his entire career in Memphis since coming into the league in 2007. The highest he's ever averaged in points is 17.2 in a game. His highest assist average is 6.5. So this is a guy with a 13.6 career scoring average and a 5.6 assist average for his career. And he just signed $30 million a year. Uh, you and your agent, my friend, props to you. Now, this is something I learned this week. The NBA uh, caps its agent's fees at 4%. So let me just calculate this out real quick. This man... My man, Mike Conley, got paid $153 million over five years. That means his agent is getting $6 million over five years. His agent just made himself a million dollars a year with this contract. You two motherfuckers are my ballers of the week. More props to you. Now for the buster of the week. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go back to... Well, you know what? Hold on. Before we get there, last week's... Baller of the week, my boy Julio Tehran, the starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, has been named to the All-Star Game as the Braves' only representative this year. He might even get a start because he is just crushing it right now. He had to, he's got to miss a start today because of a little like ingrown hair problem on his thigh that I don't know needed attention or whatever. But uh, congratulations to you, Mr. Julio Tehran, on representing the Atlanta Braves in the All-Star Game. Well-deserved. He didn't just get into the game because every team has to have a representative, which I think is bullshit, but he really deserves to be there. So, uh, great job, sir. Um, And now for the Buster of the Week. This week, it's plural. Uh, It's Busters of the Week. And again, it's all these people raining holy hell down on Kevin Durant and for other basketball players on choosing to go somewhere else. Now, I don't begrudge Al Horford for leaving the Hawks. Like, I'm all good with that, dude. You wanted to go somewhere else? Like, it might be a better fit for you? Right on, dude. I don't like the way your pops came at the fans in the media, and then it took you three days to say something to the fans, and it was like a a bullshit, like, thank you statement. Like, uh, I don't like the way you went away. Um, So, you know, by all means, go make your money, dude. Go play in a different city, like... I don't begrudge anybody that. Like, if I want to move somewhere else with my family and I think it's a better position for us, I don't want somebody hating on me for it. But, uh, so therefore, these other motherfuckers who are just giving people holy hell for making a business decision and wanting to go somewhere else, like, dude, y'all are some busters, man, for real. Just let these people live their lives. Um, now, if they're an asshole to you in the process, then yeah, take out your frustrations with them. But the people who are, like, talking down on... 
Kevin Durant harming his legacy or something like that, dude, that's, that's just something you've created in your own mind. It's not real. It's not an actual slight to you. So, uh, you know, fuck off with all that. Well, guys, I think that's going to have to wrap things up. Uh, number one, we're running kind of long. Number two, I'm fucking hot, guys. Like, I'm literally sweating right now recording this, and it's un- uncomfortable. Uh, so, going to wrap things up. Don't forget, you can listen to us each and every week on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can always find us on the Droids Canada feeds at droidscanada.com or on their iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Podbean feeds. Don't forget to check out our friends at uh, Droids Canada. They have their Droids Canada program, and then they also have the Drinking in the Park show, uh, Doctor Who Dark Journey, and uh, Real or Jabroni Wrestling Podcast. <clears throat> Obviously, our friends down at Mark Who 42 are doing great things. Uh, they've always got good insight into the Doctor Who universe, as well as other things related to uh, geek culture. If you're in the Atlanta or Sonoya areas and you get down with any vape-type devices or electronic cigarettes or other substances, check out our friends Vape 911 in Midtown Atlanta down by the Georgia Tech campus on 10th Street or in Sonoya. You can always find them online as well at AtlantaVapeStore.com. But every week they have a flavor of the week that's only like $3.99 for a 15-milliliter bottle. They have all sorts of different uh, nicotine mixtures, including no nicotine. Over 200 flavors, uh, always bringing in new vape devices, new mods, new tanks, and it's, uh, yeah, they got a good good thing going on there. So if you go in, see my friends Chris, Andy, or Ryan, be sure to tell them that I sent you, and uh, yeah, if you get down with any of that stuff, that's where I shop, even though I don't even work there anymore, like, that's where I get all my stuff from, because I think they're the best, so check them out, Vape911, we appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us here and uh, for giving me a little bit of your time this week. Hope I didn't bother you too much with my ranting and raving about sports. Uh, Next week we'll get into some more comic book type things. And uh, I think that's about it, guys. So I hope everyone enjoys the rest of your week. Have a fucking awesome weekend, guys. And I will holler at you later. Peace! Tarzan wasn't a ladies man He'd just come along and scoop him up under his arm like that Quick as a kid in the jungle But Clark Kent, now there was a real gent wouldn't that be caught sitting around in no jungle scape? Dumb as an ape doing nothing. Superman never made any money for saving the world from Solomon Grande. Sometimes I despair The world will never see Another man Like him Hey Bob Soup had a straight job Even though he could have Smashed through any bank In the United States Well he had the strength But he would not Folks said his family were all dead The planet crumbled but Superman He forced himself to carry on Forget Krypton and keep going Superman never made any money For saving the world from Solomon Grande And sometimes I despair The world will never see another man Like him Tarzan was king of the jungle And lord over all the 
string together for words I toss and you chase Sometimes when soup was stopping crimes I bet that he was tempted to just quit and turn his back on him Join Tarzan in the forest But he stayed in the city Kept on changing clothes and dirty all phone boost till his work was through. You nothing to do but go on home. Superman never made any money for saving the world from Solomon Grand. Sometimes I despair the world will never see another man like him. Sometimes I despair the world will never see another man.